Welcome to the Revision Wizards podcast. I'm Miss Catherine M.H., and I'm joined by my magic haggling co-host, V.E. Griffith. This is episode 20, and we are doing a coaching session with a new writer, Meg Moore. This episode is sponsored by our amazing patrons who help us to build our podcast so we can help you make your editing and revision process so much better. Our patrons help us to pay for transcripts of our shows that are available on our website and for better audio recording quality so I don't sound so awful. If you'd be willing to support the show financially for as little as a buck an episode, we have a bunch of neat benefits you can take advantage of, including a special podcast feed with extra content and personal updates, inside access as we collaborate on a Kindle Vela project, the opportunity to ask questions for an Ask the Editor episode, professional editing, and more. You can find out everything you need to know at patreon.com slash revision wizards. And with that, off with Meg Moore. All right, so let's get started. Uh, if you'd please tell us your name and your pronouns. And my name is Meg Moore and my pronouns are she, her. Great. So, Miss Catherine, why don't you get us started today? Yes. Okay. So let's start with what kind of genre are you writing? So this way I get an idea. Yeah, so um, it's a fantasy series I have in mind, a trilogy, So I'm thinking. Okay, let's see. So <laughs> I know I sent you some of these questions, so you already know what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> All right, so how, how confident do you feel in your story concept? So I've fleshed out a lot of it just talking to people over the years. I guess I've got the three main characters really well um, fleshed out in personality. I've got, what are they called, Beat? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that's right. In my head, I've got, I write a lot of things in my head and I sort of taken an idea and, and written out whole scenes in my head, but there's nothing, no pen to paper yet. Okay. And Not for this one. How do you feel about your world building? I have a great imagination, but I could use a lot of, I guess, help teasing it all out. Okay. So if you were to say like, hey, this is one of the biggest, I don't want to call it a problem, but a problem I'm facing with like getting started, what would that be for you? Um, I think maybe having a format to use is what I need, I think, to help get me started. Do you mean a like a series Bible or like an outline? What do you mean by format? I guess I've got a lot of great problems that have um, uh, happened and then the solving of the problem, but it's about, I guess, where to put it. Okay. So say I've got, um, you know, a kidnapping. Where do I put this kidnapping? Where do I put this um, rescue? That kind of thing. Okay. Sounds like a job for Scrivener. <laughs> no. I prefer Google Docs. Yes. <laughs> I also like sticky notes. Sticky notes will do it too. If you write them on sticky notes, you can move them around. So like you can get a board, write out the ideas, and then you can shift them. Do you mean physical sticky notes? Yep. Oh, I thought you meant like an app called sticky notes. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they have those too, but I actually use sticky notes. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, actually. I might try that because I am a very tactile person, so... Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you could, I know this is, this is a challenge. If you were to describe a bit of your book 
using five sentences, what would it be like? So like your story, what is what is it in like about five sentences, if you could? It's a fantasy series where we see uh, what normally would be considered the antagonists. They go on a journey to end up as the, as the protagonist. So it's three main characters. One is the ruler of an empire. The other is her captain of the guard. And the third is the husband of the captain of the guard. Okay. Anything else? Um, I guess here, let me give you a little more direction. <laughs> uh, you have it set up in your head as a trilogy. What would you say book one is about? Book one is about the protagonist's quest to find out why her husband attempted to assassinate her queen. Why who was assassinating the queen? Why her husband? Is that what you said? Yeah. So the captain of the guard um, tasked with protecting the queen, her own husband has attempted, failed attempt at an assassination, and the protagonist's quest is to track down her husband and bring him to justice and find out why he's betrayed her and her queen. What would book two be about? Um, book two would be about the revelation to um, the protagonist, Captain of the Guard, that uh, her country, her, her queen's empire is corrupt and colonizing, has used weather magic because um, that's sort of, it's, it's called the weather queen. Um, the first book is, <laughs> um, weather magic has basically enabled this kingdom to colonize a continent and most of the islands and book two, sorry, let's get back to that. Book two is about the protagonist learning to understand the damage that's been done to other nations with weather magic. And it's about basically bringing our protagonist on side to understand why what she's believed to be right isn't right. And there's also a love triangle with her husband and one of the people in the resistance who initially radicalised her husband. Okay. And what about book three? What is book three about? Book three. So, I sh sorry, I probably need to add with book two. Book two also follows the queen who is back in the capital city dealing with the fallout of the assassination attempt. I haven't fleshed out exactly how it's going to happen, but she is going to be removed from office <laughs> and smuggled out of the kingdom. And the idea is not to kill her, but to keep her out of the kingdom. So that's happened and sort of book two ends on that kind of cliffhanger. Book three is about the queen's journey. So she loses absolutely everything. She's brought completely low and starts to learn about the damage that her uh, ancestors have brought on the continent and the islands. And what happens is the protagonist finds out that her queen's been kidnapped, launches a rescue mission. They bring the queen back to the um, hideout of the resistance and um, she's actually learnt a lot. She's suffered and she wants her kingdom back and she makes a, a, a deal with um, the resistance members to help her take back the kingdom. That's pretty fleshed out for me so I can see where you're at. 
VE, do you have any questions while I finish jotting my notes? <laughs> Not so far. I think I think this is a good start, and I'm going to be interested to see sort of where we can go with it. All right. So you're talking about formatting as being your struggle. Do you write anything down? Or are you like a, would you call yourself a pantser? Would you want to have things written out for yourself? Or do you want it to just be like, whatever, I'll write it? I'm a bit of a pantser. I like to write a scene and then jigsaw it up with, you know, like I think this scene belongs in this chapter. And so I'm going to jigsaw it up and then fix it up. So it's, you know, that's sort of how I do that. This is very higgledy-piggledy. That's all right. It sounds like part of your problem actually is process, and it may be that that we need to find the right organizational system for you in Google Docs or Google Drive. Um, or it may be that Google Docs is the wrong tool because of the way you write. And I and I'm not trying to push Scrivener. There are other tools, but it's but it's something to think about that Google Docs is good for short form stuff. It's good for letters and things like that. But when you're starting to move large blocks of text around, it really starts starts to fall down and and be difficult to keep organized. I kind of see it like just this long sheet of butcher's paper that I can just keep bringing down to write more on. Well, that's that metaphor works well as long as you're not taking a pair of scissors to chop the butcher paper and then move it around. That's where that's where Google Docs starts to fall down. I don't know. You like copy paste, cut and paste. Okay, we'll talk. I mean, like I use Google Docs too, so like I get it. <laughs> I will say though that after about page 150, when you're writing on Google Docs, it starts to slow down. So that I've noticed, you will get to a point where it takes a really long time to load back up. And that can get frustrating. <laughs> so for me, when I have it in my Google Docs, I have a part one, two, three, that's why I have those parts, by the way, <laughs> because you will get to a point where you're like, Oh, my stuff is slowing down next part. Um, when you write in Google Docs, are you writing strictly in one document? No, I tend to do a chapter. Each each chapter is a document. Each document, yeah. Okay. So I've got I kind of call it my. I've got a, a particular document that I call my Drabbles document, where I write in a lot of scenes that I don't know where it's going to go yet in what chapter. And when I've like say I might be writing. Sometimes I'm writing a couple of chapters, which is, um, yeah, possibly not the most organized way to do it. Do you have a master document where it's this is it from one to whatever? So you can look through and be like, yes. No, no, I don't. Something I should start doing. Not saying it has to be Scrivener. But is there anything else you write in besides Google Docs? Uh, not, no, not at the moment. Does Microsoft work on a Mac? Like, <laughs> yes, it would have to, right? Like you can get OneNote on it. <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> All right. I suggest looking into OneNote. That's something else I use. So I don't have to be online either, but it will sync online. So I can sync it to my phone still in case I wanted to write something on my phone. You can organize it 
Okay. Uh, a lot easier than you can in Google Docs. So you can have each section be like, I'll send you pictures of how I set up mine. And you can have like draft one, two, three, four, all there with all of the chapters and like a note section where you can add like extra scene and title them. Okay. So that might be a little easier because you can keep it all in one. So like, it's not you're looking at Google Docs and it's all there. Do you color code your documents by any chance? I don't know. <laughs> Do you have anywhere that you would have written out like an outline? It doesn't have to be an outline, but you're like, eh, if this was the order of events, this is sort of what I'd do. Yeah. Okay, cool. So not with this particular um, idea, but for things I have written before, that's generally how I start with an outline. And for your world building or characters, do you have anything from them written down? No, no. Okay. What's in my head, but no. Interesting. You, you write similar to me. I'll either keep it all in my head or I have to jot it all down. <laughs> so have you ever heard of the turn your chapters into one sentence summaries? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So what you can do, and it's something... Sometimes it can be called the 40 sentence outline. Yeah, but I'm like, she's already written the chapter. <laughs> what I will do is after I've written a chapter, I will give myself a one sentence summary on what that chapter is. And then when I'm looking at where I want stuff in the book, you have one sentence and you can technically read your book in one, like one sentence for each chapter to make sure that they're lining up where you would like them to. So if you have this one chapter that's like, here's the stakeout before they raid the castle, and you know that like, oh, we have a raid at the castle here, then this goes right there. So I would recommend- yeah, Okay, I, that makes, yeah. Doing, yeah, doing like pretty much a reverse outline in that sense where you will go through and just here is what this chapter is about. And then you also don't have to like go back through to be like, where was the, did I write this chapter? You will see it as, bam, I have that sentence already. <laughs> I like puzzles. So that kind of works with the way my brain works. That works on sticky notes too. <laughs> I like sticky notes. That's how I'll, I'll start. If I ever I write an outline, it's made in sticky notes, which usually get lost eventually. So like, it's not like I follow them anyway, but... <laughs> They would have started off so I could move things around. And if you like to be really detailed, you can get different colored sticky notes to follow different characters to make sure that they're going in directions. Yes. Okay. Yep. You can do that with um, typing too. You can pick a color. So when you're doing those sentences, this, this whole chapter is all about the queen. The queen gets put in red. So you can also see how many chapters are following what subplots that you also have going on just by color coding. That's great. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to stop doing that. Becomes fun and addicting. <laughs> you can also do it with uh, changing the color. If you don't even want to do that, you can change just the color of your Google Docs page. So you can look through and just see the colors of the pages. Yeah. So if we were to help you solve or go over something, do you have like an idea or a concept, even world building that you're really struggling with and would want to talk it out with us? 
I need to find a way that I can, I guess, some sort of internal world laws or, you know, how things work in terms of the weather magic. We need to figure out a way that the bad guys <laughs> can uh, have a reason, I guess, to not want her dead and want to smuggle her out instead of killing her. Okay. And that's, I'm a bit stuck on that. So I kind of started with thinking, well, like there's maybe some some way that a transfer of power happens with the death of a king or queen that can destroy the transfer if not done an exact way. And that's why, and if, if, if I guess the monarch was to be killed through like maybe a, like a, a general, like oh, not a generational curse, like some sort of curse that protects yeah, I guess I was thinking of like a, a curse as a mechanism to save her, a reason to um, keep her alive. So I guess I should then go to your magic system because it sounds like that is where if we figure out a bit more of your magic system, we can figure out why a queen would be important. So with your magic system, I do have templates that I create for people um, that helps them fill out stuff. So I'll also send you one of those. Tell me a little bit about your your magic. Is it something that anybody can do or do you have to be born with it? What do you have to learn it? Tell me a little bit about your magic. Yep. Okay. So um, it, the magic is a tightly held thing that happens. Um, it's to do with bloodline. Um so it's really only a small family who have for several hundred years um, been slowly growing in power because of use, um, the weather magic. It's localised weather magic, so it isn't – they can't pull, a, a, I guess, a huge tornado out of nothing straight away. So there's, uh, there's time frames, so things take time, and – I think, I, I guess I want to make it as not realistic, but you manage to sort of like shift the weather a certain way and then the actual outcome you want happens a week later. So you need, you know, storms in a certain place to wreck some enemy ships. That requires planning because you've got to be physically there. So the the person, the the family members, usually it's the the ruler of um, the empire sort of goes to war essentially with their armies because they need to be physically in this place that they're trying to affect the weather. So with that little bit, um, can so you have that the family then became the royal family, right? Who can do magic? Yep. Okay. So how many family members... So we've actually got quite a big family and no, 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 that's right. It's just that, that lag. <laughs> um, and they're very, and there's a lot of infighting and um, it's an absolute sort of, I don't know what you would call it. It's not a, it's not a monarchy because it's an empire, but it's, the, it's an absolute monarchy. Okay. Sort of pre-Magna Carta style. <laughs> um, and um although there is the, the you know it's an absolute monarchy there's no senate or you know congress or whatever um 
there is a lot of politicking and, um, you know, powerful nobles who are not family but still rich and powerful um, can still impact the, the, the ruler and their experience ruling pretty hard. Why is she the queen? I wanted to have some flashbacks at certain points to sort of address that. And um, she is the daughter of a, I haven't decided if it's her mum or her dad, who was the previous ruler, but basically she's just the direct, she's the, she was the princess royal, um, fully expecting to take over the throne someday, just a bit sooner than she, she thought would happen. Okay, so it has nothing to do with the amount of magic she can produce, right? What, what has nothing to do with it? Uh, the direct, so the direct line of secession has nothing to do with the amount of magic she can do, right? Oh, yes. So the yes, yeah, so it is. It, it's it's um completely along descendant line, whatever you call that. But yeah, family lines. It's nothing to do with like the most powerful person in weather magic um, gets the throne. That's yeah, no, it's, um, which is interesting because you will get some very powerful people who like, you know, cousins and whatnot who have the magic and maybe want the throne. And um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. Okay. So if you have more family members with magic, does that weaken the amount of magic? So let's say if you killed off a family member, does the rest of them gain what that person would have had? It's actually um, depending on how direct a descendant you are to the first person who was blessed with weather magic, that determines how powerful you are. So there are like, I guess, younger son of younger son's style families, the the power sort of like kind of tapers off and you get people who kind of can really not do much at all. Where is she on the power level? Um, so she is unremarkable. So she's um, not, I guess there's been a, a, a fair few, you know, uh, kings and queens in recent times that, have been average in power, so they haven't done anything much with it or pushed bounds or anything, and she looks to be going the same way. So there's no she, – she's competent, but there's no amazing sort of wow, new Wonder King, Wonder Queen sort of thing. If you were kidnapped, let's say, can somebody use your magic because you're in a location? So if you're a family member, can you tap into your other family members to try to like build this huge storm faster? So if you kidnapped a bunch of your members of your family, could you use them as like power? <laughs> um, that's something that um, it's not something that they can force by magical means, but they can physically and politically put pressure on her family to um, be a part of, uh, yeah, so weather magic that needs to have quite a lot of people involved. And there's many different reasons for that. So it comes down to maintaining um, crops and everything. Um, There might be unimportant family members that are expected to 
um, go sort of like on a rotation of the continent and help with um, rainfall and that kind of thing and make sure everything's exact. And the more powerful ones will have more plum jobs like military, sort of the more powerful ones get to do to basically make a name for themselves through conquest. Who takes her place when she is smuggled out? So I have a bit of a, in, in my mind, I have a bit of a um, cabal of <laughs> sinister, powerful relatives who are not, I guess, power hungry and um, greedy. And um, they don't like, because the queen is very young and they are used to, I guess her father was a lot, well, pretty much corrupt. So they were used to one way of doing things and the Queen's attempting to, I guess she's, she knows that she's been put into a bit of a puppet Queen position and she's trying to get out of from under that thumb from those shadowy sort of people. I haven't decided whether they're going to be people that she knows and trusts or people that she's fully aware of her political enemies. Okay. So if I was a person with magic, and somebody's like holding a sword to my neck, um, being like, yo, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Can I transfer my ability to another family member? Or if I die, does my ability and like what I can do completely vanish? Um, yeah, it completely vanishes. Where do they smuggle her to? I feel as though it needs to be a completely separate outer colony that her that she's ruled, that's ruling over essentially, somewhere where a lot of abuses and horrible things are happening that she can see and maybe even experience firsthand, and they're happening in her name. Well, they were happening in her name until very recently. I, I just haven't fleshed out the culture that she's going to be sent to yet. Okay. So I can see two ways for the smuggling to happen. One, they – well, how young is she? That she's 19. And she's been in power for about eight months. Okay. So one, you can have your bad guys smuggle her out there to threaten her. This is what we can do to you. You're not powerful enough. We can dump you here and nobody would know what happens to you. So they could use it as a threatening piece for her. Or she is smuggled out by someone who kind of feels bad for her but can only get her to like a location that most people wouldn't know. Like, oh, hey, you're real young and like they're really going to actually kill you. I kind of feel bad for you. Let me smuggle you out. Not that I'm actually going to help help you. I'm going to dump you off here. That would actually really help because it, it means that I don't need to have a reason for them not to kill her because they actually do want to. They just miss their chance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that. Is a I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'd feel bad being like, I'm killing a teenager. Shouldn't have a whole lot. <laughs> Whoops. Well, we'll sort of help you. I feel like this person would help in this way in order to be like, hey, oh no, she got away, but look where she's at. It ain't going to be like she's going to live. Yeah. And she's, um, I guess her personality, she's very sweet and um, not timid, but just charming, I think. And She's really well loved by the people in her city. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So I've got lots of notes <laughs> that I do plan on typing up for you. I've got some templates I can send you too. So I have stuff where, so like your government, we can figure out your, your empire setup and how that runs for you. I have a magic one. I have weather. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I've got some of these templates. I can definitely send them to you. You can put them in Google Docs. <laughs> you can have them in there. You can fill them out. So they're set right in there. Alamoso, I'll send you a few pictures of, like I said, how I set up my OneNote, because that might also be an easier solution than just having tons of Google documents, because eventually you do eat up your your storage. I'm at that point, I'm at 94% in mine. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> that's not gonna work anymore. So unless you want to keep creating or like buying stuff, OneNote does work in that it will keep it all separate per chapter and you can click back and forth through them. There is Scrivener. Not that I like Scrivener. So <laughs> all right, VE, do you have anything? There are tools other than Scrivener and we can help you find them. The big thing that that I am hearing, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the world building stuff can can work itself out as you write. And we can and we can have uh, another session later if you get stuck somewhere. I feel like a lot a, a lot of what's going to help here is figuring out how to keep you organized and how to keep your ideas straight in your head. And so you know whether we go to something like Scrivener or one of its competing products uh, like Campfire or uh, something like that, or if we go to um, a big white poster board that you have lots of post-it notes on, I think that that's, that's, I'm hearing that that's a place where you're struggling is not creating, but in organizing um, and in keeping it straight in your head. And when that starts to happen, the problem that you run into is, you know, it starts to affect your writing. So if we can keep it straight in, so you don't have to keep it in your head and you can use a reference, oh, they're in this crazy place because, okay, now I can go back to writing. So you don't have to remember those kinds of details. It helps you keep stuff straight. And I think that's a, that's going to be a big place where you're going to, where you're going to get a lot of benefit. Yeah. As much as fun as keeping things in your head are writing some of it down will clear space to just add more into your head. <laughs> Let me ask, what is your eventual goal here? Are you wanting to publish? Are you wanting to traditional publish? Are you Is this just for entertainment? I haven't. I mean, I do want to publish. I just haven't decided exactly how that will go. Okay. Well, we need to solve the getting it written problem first anyway. So, How fast are you at writing? When I'm on a roll, I can, I'm pretty fast. And do you write every single day or is it like most of us pantsers, suddenly you want to write? I haven't written for a long time. And I, I have sort of come to that point where I, where I feel ready to write again. Is there anything else on your mind that you want to cover while we have time? Um, no, that's, so I've, I've got some really good ideas there. I really love the little tweak with how the queen gets smuggled out. Very excited about that. Okay. Then what we will do is uh, we'll get you the materials that, we've, that we're going to put together for you. And uh, then we'll check back in with you in a few months and see how it's going. 
Awesome. A reason to write. Yeah. You, now you have a reason to write and, and you know, you want to get back on the show. So you got to have something to produce to show us and, and tell us how it went. Thank you both very much. Really appreciate it. All right. So that's going to be all for today, I think. Um, and we will see everybody next time. Stay magical.